Hi, this is Pegs from We're Alive, and you're listening to We're Not Dead. We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. to episode 9 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. This week I'm joined by Greg Miller. Hello! Hello, Greg Miller. How are you doing? I'm excellent, Brittany. How are you? I am sick and jacked up on cold medicine. What's your problem? You get sick all the time. I I got the Pax Pox. I'm blaming it entirely on Pax. You should have taken the, you take the vi- vitamin C's, the chewable discs. They're delicious. No, I eat the gummies because they're like food. Yeah, and, and they're I meant sick. for children. You're not a child. No, no, they say for adults on them. That's a lie. You put that on there. You wrote that on the bottle. So Greg and I have a very special guest with us this episode, but before we dive into that, let's go over chapter 20, episode one, about last night. Part one of three. Mm-hmm. Michael Swan's out of a job. <laughs> until I until I know what happened to Pete, I gotta try to cover all bases. You need to get a job wherever you can. You might be out of it. So for serious, you don't you don't know what happened to Pete. I do no. not know. Pete is he dead? Is he alive? Who knows? Okay, so the episode opens up with Michael looking through Tattoo's journal. He's trying to figure out what the fuck happened with Lizzie. So Tattoo woke up to gunshots, and at the end of the hall, there was a resident named Steven there. He was bitching at Lizzie, and apparently there's a new guard room on the fifth floor. So that's where they were fighting. Steven accused Lizzie of falling asleep during guard duty. Lizzie said that she hadn't fallen asleep. She just wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Bert, I don't know where Bert came from, through the door. I don't know. He's outside He's patrolling, a, remember? Oh, he was. Okay. So, okay. I have a question about this real quick. Hit so, it. It, it starts off on the fifth floor. I mean, that's where the scene takes place with Lizzie and Steven fighting. And then the next time Datu starts narrating, it says Bert came through the third floor with Mary behind him. Interesting. Did you, did you hear that? Did you follow that at all? I was too caught up in what was happening with Lizzie. Okay, 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 fine. Anyway, so maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm not understanding it. I tried listening to a few times. Maybe it's the Claritin. I don't know. So someone, <laughs> wants, to, <laughs> someone wants to fill me in. Please do. Anyway, so Bert busts the door and he says, everyone back to bed. And Angel's like, okay. I okay. usually love that. What a great moment from Angel. All right, cool. <laughs> I know, Angel's like, what's going on? Bert's like, everyone back to bed. Okay, Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Okay, guys. Yeah. Um, So Bert has Lizzie and Steven follow him into his room. Lizzie did admit that she did fall asleep, but it was not on purpose that she was staying up with Saul really late. Bert's pissed off. Um, He relieves her of guard duty, but says that she'll have to make it up with extra jobs. So Steven then accuses Bert of, you know, pretty much playing favorites exactly He's like you know if this was anyone else you would have kicked them out this is like rule number four i think is what he said he does something like that yeah, yeah you nailed it you nailed it you're right on Brittany. you're fighting through this cold that's what i like to see i'm trying i'm really trying here um okay so bert then tries to kind of end the situation he's like okay you know lizzie fucked up yes but she'll make it up i'm gonna let it slide you know tattoo's taking over guard duty let's just let this go um steven won't let up um, he's pretty adamant that Lizzie gets kicked out of the tower like anyone else would. So as Lizzie and Stephen are leaving Bert's room and they're still bickering, there's an audience in the hallway paying attention and watching. And apparently, Bert had been having issues keeping the tower in control. So, you know, no, if Lizzie were... No, I don't No, really? really? You saw that coming. Yeah. If Lizzie were to stay and get away with this, it would just, you know, everything would fall apart. 
Uh, so Lizzie kind of notices that. She is a big person. She volunteers to leave, and she makes it seem like Bert did kick her out. And I thought this was interesting, because as soon as she says that she's leaving, Stephen kind of started backtracking. Exactly right. Did you know yeah, and it was like, okay, you're so adamant on her leaving, and then when she says she's leaving, you're like, no. He no, was. That's not what he I think he was doing it just to show, you know, to show that Bert's an ineffective leader, right? That like this mm -hmm. guy doesn't know what he's doing, and he's playing favorites, and we should get a new leader, and it should be me or somebody, you know, somebody I'm playing favorites for. I don't think he actually wanted Lizzie to go. He just wanted to point out how broken the system was. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, Bert does not want her to leave. Lizzie leaves to keep the order. Um, she asked Bert, you know, please don't tell Saul right away, and then she leaves. Heartbreaking. So it was, yeah, it was very sad. Did you get choked up a little? No, but I was still like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> um, so now we're going back to real time when Michael Angel are reading over Dotu's journal. Bert walks in and he says, you know, he pretty that the tower pretty much split at the seams right after Michael left, and that he's stepping down from the position. He's not cut out for leading the tower. Angel throws a little temper tantrum. He wants to know why he wasn't considered for the leadership position, but he quickly gets over it. Uh, Michael orders Angel to get a scouting team together, and Michael and Bert will stay, get caught up with things, and then they will head out to find Lizzie. So, now we are following Lizzie, and she's keeping an audio journal. She's been out for almost a day. She says she's considering going home after things blow over. Now, are you thinking home as the tower, or like her home home? I thought she was trying to stick close to the home as in the tower. I think she understood that eventually people would wise up and come back for her. She was just jumping out of a grenade, and, you know, eventually this wouldn't be her fate to be wandering, you know, outside forever. Right. So she finds a car dealership, and she's trying to locate keys for the cars. She finds the keys, she finds the keys but the drawer is locked, so... She shoots the lock, jamming her firearm in the process. Now, this is an issue I always have with any zombie survival, whatever. Why would you shoot something knowing that it's going to bring sound? And if you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, she's only been on her own for two seconds. She hasn't been outside of the tower in how long. They haven't actually had to go, you know, outside and forage and do whatever. She just immediately forgets. She gets all cut up in the moment, I guess. But yes, know, it was a weird, it was a weird decision. I agree. When I first heard it, I thought she got shot at by the people who were about to show up. Oh. Like, it all happened. And then when I went and re-listened to it, I was like, oh, she shot at this? That's kind of weird. Yeah. And, of course, her firearm jams in the process. Uh, she hears two different male voices coming from outside. One of them says, I saw her go this way. If we lose another runaway, it'll be on your head. Someone's inside. I heard a gunshot. So she's crouched behind a cubicle trying to unjam her weapon. And she is tased and handcuffed. I think Casey has a thing for tasing people. Well, tase me, Casey. Okay, so from the sound of it, these two guys, Tardust and Bricks, are locating deserters from where we don't know yet. Um, they have a list of people that have deserted, and they pull out her wallet. They see her name, Lizzie Faber, Farber, however. She's not on the list, so they assume she's from the tower. And then Bricks says, what are we going to do about her? And Tardust says, Scratch will tell us what to do with her. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Maulers. They live. Maulers. Fucking Maulers. So, okay. So let's rewind a bit. Do what it. do you think about Steven? What do you think the purpose of his character is? Is he going to stick around? Was he just there to, like, be a transition between power? Like, what do you mm -hmm. think? I think he was. he's there just to be a shit disturber, pretty much. You know, somebody mm -hmm. who we could... He's a character we don't know anything about, and he's just going to be there to say, hey, I'm upset about this. And then, like you said, backtrack, so it kind of points out, I think, that, you know, it's just more of a void, vote of no confidence in Bert than it was, hey, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Resilient from the forums said he almost had too many lines in this episode to be a minor character. True. So he actually made mention that he think he might be the mole. Ooh. 
But, I mean, this is my thing. If he was the mole, who would care? Like, who would be like, oh, Steven's the mole. Ooh, we don't know anything about Steven. True. He's not important to the story. That wouldn't be a very sh- big shock factor. Exactly. You know, that's what leading up to. So, I don't think he's the mole, but that's a popular theory on the forums. Now, another popular theory is that their Scratch is going to be like, I want pegs for Lizzie. Mm, mm, yes. An eye for an eye. Uh, so there's going to, I think there's going to be an exchange of sorts. I'm not, you know, sure how that's going to go down, but I think eventually Scratch is going to be with Lizzie and be like, Hey, cause you know, Saul, well, if Saul gets his medicine, he's going to go after Cause I think he's the only one, unless he marked it on a map that knows where the Maulers are. I think he's the only one that's actually been to their base. They're like exact, exact location. Yeah. They'd probably yeah. go back to what the tanker depot, right? Where they dropped off the body of the brother and everything else. Mm-hmm. That could be like drop-off exchange point. But yeah, you're right. Saul yeah. knows where he's going. Yeah, so you know there's going to be Saul, Michael, and there's their women are going to be involved in some sort. <laughs> the women. The women. Um, Nick Voodoo theory is, here's what I likely think is going to happen. Pegs returned Latch's body to the Maulers. It still may not make them all buddy-buddy, but I bet that Pegs' desire to return Latch to the Maulers is going to play out in a positive manner for the Tower as they seek out Lizzie. Because we know Scratch wants to fuck Pegs up. Word. So, something's going to happen between those two. A showdown. A showdown is coming. Okay, so here's another theory from Ramblin' Mike. He says, The talk from the Maulers about deserted stragglers is just weird. It sounds as if they were in league with Gatekeeper, perhaps working as hired guns to seek out the folks who escaped. Maulers would have known who belonged to them and who could have escaped, but they needed to check Lizzie's ID to find out who she is. That might be significant. Interesting. I took it as like people defecting from the Maulers. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, right. That we're losing too much. We started this war. People got killed over there. We didn't want to do it in the first place, and now we're sitting over here starving, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It also goes back to, do you think Durai was killed during the, the war? It, it sounds like he was killed, or he was shot, because he was talking on the CB with... Um, Pegs or Michael, and there was a shot, and then he went quiet, and then Scratch. Oh yeah, Scratch came back on, and she says that was a big mistake. So maybe Jirai died, and now Scratch is in charge, and they're still hurting from the war. You know, maybe she's just running things really shitty. Yeah, she's batshit crazy, as everybody knows. Exactly, and maybe you know they're trying to leave, and they're deserters, and that's what Tardust and Bricks were out doing. Makes sense to me. So I mean, other than that, I mean. It was a. I liked the episode, but episode you know, was awesome. Like it, it, I thought it had, you know, first off the explanation, like we talked about last week, right? We knew Michael was going to be mad about where Lizzie was, and then, but it, we knew it would come to an explanation that made sense. So the way that they wrote her out, that she took the high road to save Bert, and that way Bert wasn't a jerk, and then to get out, like when uh, she was got tased, I was like visibly, not visibly upset because nobody could see me, but I was like actually super upset. I texted you, Brittany, and actually you did. I, I like I was like I'm very scared while listening to that part of the show because I just I'm not a fan of I I don't know as soon as something happens where you're immobilized and you're a, a pretty female girl as we know and these two weird dudes that you don't know are my mind goes to the worst places possible so like I oh, yeah. was very uncomfortable through that whole scene and then when they said you know at the very end we're taking her to scratch it was like all right this this is still bad but <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I was afraid <laughs> but it was at least be. they're not taking it to they're that not yeah murder no her I or know something. yeah 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 no I know what you mean um. Yeah, and again, I wasn't expecting this. I expected Lizzie to do something crazy to... I mean, yes, she fell asleep. I mean, I guess according to the rules, she should have been kicked out. But like Michael said, you know, he came back from somewhere that was so black and white. Yeah. And the way that turned out, it was just shitty because, you know, it was like, okay, you fell asleep, no second chances, you're gone. Yeah. That's how that would be run. Um, 
so I mean, you know, like once again, I didn't expect you know Lizzie to be the big man and walk out. I expected maybe she did something to legitimately you know kick her out of the tower. Yeah. Something else that's kind of interesting is Riley wasn't in her room and Angel wasn't. And Angel was in his room. Oh. So, mm-hmm. I see the picture you're painting over here. You see what I'm doing here? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know about last night. I don't know. I'm just saying. Things change, Brittany. They do. You know, at the end of the world's coming. You got to experiment and you, you got to have fun. <laughs> you got to experiment. <laughs> I was over on, you know, zombiepodcast.com and I was over in the forums and they got this little chat window. And I was chatting it up with some listeners before I went in the air today. Mm-hmm. Two two questions came up. Number one from Mascara. He wants to know, are we going to continue to do We're Not Dead over the break when the show goes quiet for a while? I've been thinking about this, man. What did you think? <laughs> well, how long is the break? It's, uh, uh, quite a few weeks. It is. I think yeah. I think the last episode of season two is going to air in July. Uh-huh. And then I don't know when they're starting back up. I mean, I, I think we could maybe get the actors back on. We can get predictions, you know, what they think is going to happen in season three. Um, yeah. Here, Here's the answer. Oh, okay. The answer was immediately came from Weston Wisdom. Okay. He said, why don't we go back over the old episodes? Oh. Hey, let's, re- let's re-listen to the show from episode one during the break. That's we'll a do, good. That's how we'll do it. That's a good idea. Are you down for that, Greg Miller? I'm totally down for that again. I want to. I want a reason to listen to them very, you know, scholarly, if you will. Scholarly, yes. No, that'd be good. Maybe. Well, depending on how many. Um, uh, blah, blah, Weeks. How many so yeah, yeah. We'll have to break it down. And make sure we, you know. Or maybe we could just do like a chapter. A there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, done. Handshake. Week. Hand- we're doing it over the air. Skype handshake. There it is. So Greg and I are joined by a very special guest, Miss Pegs. Hi. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. How are you guys? Oh my gosh. So what's your real name? We need to tell people your real name. My real name is Alisa Elliott, but I do actually have a lot of names. So, um, <laughs> you know, because I have a married name and maiden name and the acting name, but Alisa Elliott seems like it works just fine. <laughs> That's a good rhyme to it. I agree. Greg Miller's a little speechless. I am. You sound just like Pegs, and I'm in love with Pegs. You are? Yes. That's so She's cute. adorable. Oh, good, because I kind of feel like some people don't like Pegs. They can go to hell, Elisa. They can burn in hell. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. It wasn't your, you know, the co- the flower pot, not your fault. These things happen. No, totally. It could happen to anyone. Exactly. It could. It was just an honest accident. Sure, you almost killed the entire tower, but you know what? That's okay. Accidents happen. I- we got your yeah, back. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. That's probably what Pegs would say. I just have to say, I have seen your picture, and you are adorable. You are actually, like, exactly how I have Pegs imagined. Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So you got it down. You got it down. So I guess we can just start it with, why don't you tell us how and why you got involved in We're Alive? Well, I got involved just by a regular audition. My audition was a little different from everybody else's, but um, I saw the breakdown, and what a breakdown is is where they, uh, the casting directors and the directors and the producers, so Casey and Shane in this case, um, listed all the characters and um, what each you know part was like. And I saw Pegs and I was like, I could probably you know go for that. But I couldn't make it to the audition. So th- what they did was they let me record uh, my audition at home and send it to them. Oh, so cool. <laughs> they, yeah. So they like to meet the people 
first, mm-hmm. which I totally understand because we record in a big room and we're all kind of, you know, really friendly. We work together, but they took a chance on me mm-hmm. and I'm really glad they did. <laughs> so is this your first radio drama, audio drama you've ever done? Yes. Yeah, it is my first sort of podcast radio drama. I've done, you know, cartoons and commercials and books on tape. but Stop. What cartoons? None that you would know, unfortunately. Oh, dirty cartoons. Okay. Well, I a bunch of shorts. So there are some for like break.com and things like that, which haven't been released yet. So I can't really talk about them. But um, I've done a show called Tychonauts. Ooh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> about, um, what are they? Like kid ninjas? Nice. Sort of, with coins from trees. It's, it's, it's a strange one. <laughs> Yari from the forums wants to know what's different about doing a radio type drama compared to television or whatever you've done in the past. It's the same. It's the same in a lot of ways because it's all still acting, whether it's just your voice or your face or everything else. But uh, radio drama and voice works a little harder because um, on camera work, you can really express yourself through your face in a lot of ways. But every emotion has to come through the voice in voice drama. So you have to really trust that the audience is going to be able to experience everything through just your voice. So it's a little different in that respect, but. I like them all. So do you get really animated when you're recording? Oh, definitely. (laughs) It should be really funny to see when we do it live. (laughs) We should talk about that really quick. Yeah. I talked with Casey and Shane last night for about an hour, and we were getting things planned, and I am so excited for this event. It's just going to be awesome. So have you ever done like a live show like this before? Well, I've done, of course, like tons of live theater and musical theater Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But as far as something like this goes, a radio drama um, with people watching and no Mm -hmm. stops and starts, it's definitely the first. It's going to be great. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great. So Steplaff wants to know, what's it like working under Casey? How much of a hard ass is he? (laughs) Actually, he's really sweet. Don't kiss his ass. No, Casey is a great director because he's real. He really trusts the actors, which is great. He doesn't, you know, he lets us do it. And what we do is we go through it once each scene and as as a group. And then if there are any adjustments he has, we'll go back and fix those. But a lot of directors are really picky about every line and every word. But he really gives us the freedom to sort of, uh, you know, do the lines as they come and really, you know, act through it. And um, so that's really great. Of course, um, he's a great director also in the fact that if there is something wrong, he'll catch it and we'll go back and redo it. Haven't you guys recorded a scene in a hot tub, you and Gleason? Yes. (laughs) Okay, can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, so... um, I know Jim in his uh, interview talked about the Foley stage we record on. It's a Mm -hmm. special effects soundstage. And one of the things they have on the stage is sort of, it looks like a hot tub or like a well, but it's a Mm -hmm. big square and you can fill it with water. And so they filled the whole thing with water, freezing cold water, by the way. Oh, no. (laughs) And we got in. And we recorded all the water scenes. How long did that? How long does that take to shoot? I mean, like you know, there was a lot of water stuff there while you guys were on the boat and whatnot. How long did you have to like actually be um, in the water to film I it? I would say a couple of hours, maybe yeah. two hours. Jeez, Louise! Well, because it, it uh, the water poses a lot of difficulty because the mics have to come right up against the water, but they can't get wet. And we have our scripts, and and Shane knocked all my script pages into the water. <laughs> So we had to get another script. Nice. It was shenanigans. Uh, 
I think it would be really cool to like go on scene and watch you guys film one of those kind of scenes. I've even asked Casey before if I can like show up one time and like be a field trip, but I'm sure he would let you. Yeah, I hear that, Casey. I think his answer is pretty much no. But, oh uh, no, really? <laughs> I well, because I think he doesn't want me to like you know get the inside scoop on. Oh right. Chapters. Oh exactly. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. But Lisa, you don't know this girl. Britt would be twittering it up. She'd be on. She'd be up there on the forums telling about. She'd be posting YouTube videos of it. Oh, I would. You don't, oh, you don't want her in there. She's a, she's a leak. <laughs> oh, break me, see. Hey, I'm just I'm just saying. Only half of this podcast has ever been on. We're alive oh, as a see, character. Okay, Elisa, it, it this is what you, I deal Britt. with. All right, we've worked together, Elisa. If you didn't know, I offered you bottles of water oh. when you first got to the colony. Yeah, that's Pete you're talking to, by the way. Really. I'm a big deal. Yeah, I'm a big deal. Oh, God. I didn't know that. You might have heard of me. You might have heard of me. I ran a little trading post between the Broken Arrow and the Salon. I was right over there. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? Now I should have known. The voice quality. You're feeding his ego. (laughs) Britt, I'm just putting it out there in case Casey doesn't know. I I have an inkling that Pete doesn't like vegetable soup. So maybe, (sighs) you know. Every every episode. Every episode, Elisa. It's the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see here. Reindeer wants to know what other hobbies you have. Oh, well, I love to cook. And I am actually a good Ooh. cook, unlike Pegs. I was going to say, doesn't that, yeah, Pegs, not so much. No, she's <laughs> she's uh, food challenged. But um, I love to cook and I love to experiment with foods and do all that. So that's a hobby. And I live in Santa Monica right by the beach. So I love to go to the beach if that's a hobby. Kevin Flood said he likes to cook too. You guys should have a cook-off. We should. Maybe actually that could be an auction item if we're doing that. We could cook uh we could cook someone dinner. Oh. Yeah, I'll have to tell Casey and Shane. You have to do it in character behind a screen so as not to ruin the surprise of We could tell <laughs> we could do that. Now here's my question for you. Okay. I, I like to I, they call, you know, I'm one of the creepers on the boards. I don't post all that much, but I, I float around the zombiepodcast.com stuff there. Over on your wiki page. It has a fun fact that says you invented a way to exterminate termites. I did. What the hell does that mean? Okay, <laughs> this is what it means. So in, you know how in middle school and high school, there are always science fairs? Of course. Well, for one of these science fairs, actually the eighth grade science fair, I came up with a project that had to be just as good as my sixth grade science fair project where I won. I won the grand prize. So my idea was that I read this book on termites, and it turns out that termites have a symbiotic relationship with the protozoans inside their stomach that digest the cellulose for them, that without the protozoans in their stomach, they cannot digest the wood that they eat. And these protozoans are given from the mother uh, termites to the children, so they're not born with them, but they're passed along. So it was my idea that instead of going after the termites themselves, and the way uh, most um, most kind of extermination processes work is with neurotoxins, they just paralyze the bugs. So what I thought was to specifically target termites is you go after the protozoans and not the termites themselves, because if they can't digest any of their food, then they're not going to make it. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what I decided to do for my project. And it turned out it worked, and a lot of people liked it, so... I won the state fair and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that is so much better than my way I exterminate termites. I go after the flying termites with a electric tennis racket. Oh, but that is good. It is good. It's very entertaining. Job wants to know if you have any current projects you're working on that you can talk about. Yeah. Um, 
I'm working on a lot of projects. I always do uh, live theater in LA and I am in this series called Quickies. It's where a bunch mm. of writers, generally film and television writers, write small plays and they pick the best, uh, you know, five to ten and they put it on. And the only um, rules are that they have to be in whatever location that Quickie happens to be in. This one's coming up as an office and they have to be funny. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that, and then I've been uh, working on, as a creator and an actor, a pilot uh, called Frat Girls for the past, uh, I think, three years now. And oh, cool. it's really getting close, so we're going to shoot it really soon. And it's about um, two girls who show up at school, and shenanigans and craziness mm -hmm. happens, and they end Lots up of drama. living. <laughs> yep. Mostly comedy, but, you know, like, sort of mystery uh, happens, and we end up in... Um, this quote-unquote frat house but it's not a frat house and that's dun, all i can say <laughs> things okay. aren't what they appear in this frat house dear viewer exactly so hopefully <laughs> i could tell you more about that in a couple of months that would be awesome and you also have an acting studio correct yes yeah i um i run an acting studio so i teach acting as well as do it <laughs> There you go. So if anyone, are you in L, where is your acting studio at? Is it Santa LA? Monica. Yeah, okay, Los Santa Angeles. Monica. So if anyone wants to get acting lessons from Pegs, yeah. there you go. What's it called? It's Alisa Elliott's Acting Studio. Oh, you can you check it out on the web at <laughs> alisaelliott.com. Really Wonderful. easy. Britt. What? We come in for the Meltdown Comics event on the 15th. Mm -hmm. We leave on the 17th. One of those days we should go to class. <gasps> totally. Well, I'm mostly a private coach, so okay. I could make it whenever you want. Or if I am holding a group class, it'll probably be on a Tuesday or Thursday night. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about this behind the scenes to see okay, if we can make okay. this happen. Yep, totally. Because, you know, Greg Miller, you know, he's a star. He's a diva on We're Alive now, and he uh -huh. needs extra I'm, re I'm ready to go to the next, uh, you know, level, as they say, Alisa. Yeah. If you want to be my agent, maybe, you want to put me in touch with some agents. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for more of a... I've been watching a lot of the TV sh the cartoon, Young Justice. I'm pretty sure I could do a voice on that. Yeah, yeah, maybe you could. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but maybe you could use some acting lessons. What? <laughs> I'm just what? kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I no. sell water like nobody's business, lady. The thing is, you just totally crush his ego because, like I said, he is a Pegs fanboy. And for him to hear that his acting isn't top-notch, I think it would be good for him. But, but Pegs didn't it. say that to me. Pegs didn't say to me in the show, Pete, you sound stiff. What's the wrong? life of Pegs said it, though, Greg Miller. It's just like at PAX. When Pac, we're at PAX a couple weeks ago. Britt keeps coming up to me asking me for bottles of water. I'm like, that's a character I play oh my God. on a very popular show. I know you're confused, young girl. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot, though. People confuse the actor with the character. You're telling me. I mean, I, I have to tell him it's my craft. This is just what I do. You know? Well, you're a method actor, so exactly. in order I had to, get to get into, into character, it. you really had to, like, become the water person. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, moving on. So let's kind of talk about Pegs as a character. Um, Charlie says that he thinks Pegs is one of the characters that has really grown up a lot, and there's a lot more confidence in her voice nowadays. Is that something you consciously worked at, or is it something you just kind of picked up as the script went on? Well, I think that it um, it's written in the script. Pegs mm -hmm. really gets more confident as every episode goes by, and especially after that turning point in the story where she really, you know, has to grab the gun and make the decision to, mm -hmm. you know, save her own life and some of her friends. And it really 
um, has made her grow and understand that in this kind of apocalyptical world, I don't know if that's a word, but that, um, it sounds good to me that uh, she can, she has to kind of adapt her old ways. And I do think that I really love playing pegs because although she starts out really, really naive, she mm-hmm. has so she has such a good arc and she can really grow. Beaumont actually made that comment that he was wondering if you felt that pegs was too naive, but like you said, in me now she's really starting to grow. Is there anything you would change about Pegs? Well, yes. I'm a dog person. I wish Pegs was a dog person as well. I don't love cats that much. Throw Mr. Whiskers out the window. I know. Mr. Whiskers. Oh, Mr. Whiskers. But, you know, I can't judge her. So if she likes cats, that's fine. You love cats too. Exactly. Uh, Super Surge wants to know, where do you see Casey taking Pegs as a character? Do you think she's going to continue to grow? I really hope so. I actually, you know, you guys know, we only know the, uh, like, uh, one episode ahead of y'all. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where she'll go, but I really hope that um, Casey will continue to make her, like, stronger and tougher and cooler and do some really unexpected stuff with her. When you've been reading the script and then you see Pegs growing in the script, did, did you get all excited? I mean, did you expect this from Pegs? Oh, yeah. Especially when she... um in this uh, couple past episodes when she's in the colony and she says her first swear word <laughs> where she calls Amy a, I don't know if I can say it on the air. Oh, but a, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, a bitch. She, so she calls Amy a bitch. And I was like, yes, Casey, thank you. <laughs> I know. I was, it's funny because you have such a sweet voice. And I remember when the guns were being pointed at pegs when she was holding Miss Whiskers and she was like, stop pointing those fucking guns at me. That oh, was really right. good. Oh, right. She did curse there. Oh, gosh. You guys know oh, it way to go, Brittany. Way to go. Oh, hey. my God. We have a guest on you. Embarrass her in front of everyone. No, no, no. I'm not embarrassed at all, but you're right. Yeah, I, she did use um, the swear there out of, you know, fear and anger and strength protecting that cat. So now we have a relationship question from Mushroom, Mushrooms. She wants to know, do you think Pegs and Michael's relationship will last? I hope so. <laughs> but, you know, Michael, it's it's not Pegs. It's Michael. He has some issues that I think we haven't tapped into. Yeah, he's disconnected from everyone. Doesn't care about his family. He goes to war hoping, you know, he doesn't have to talk to anybody. Everybody dies while he's gone. He doesn't care. He's got he's totally screwed up. Maybe you want to know what's going to change it to? Here's oh. my here's my prediction. Sorry, Here Brittany. You know how Skype goes. Go I'm just going to talk over to you till you stop talking about whatever <laughs> you're trying to take the conversation. <laughs> Anyways, at least I'll tell you what's going to happen. Pegs is going to yeah. get pregnant. <gasps> Yeah. No. Uh, we, yep, <laughs> I was in the middle I of a drink of water. Guarantee when you said it. That. Guarantee it. KC puts nothing in this show that's just, you know, superfluous, that means nothing. You guys, or not you guys, Pegs and Michael, you know, <laughs> had sex at the beach house or whatever before the whole boat stuff and everything happened. That yeah. wasn't like that wasn't like just something that happened. That was there for a reason. That's gonna come up later. No way. Word. OMG. Calling it. Congratulations. You're knocked up. Well, you're the first to know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> We're not dead exclusive. No. Oh, my goodness. Well, huh, I hadn't thought of that, but you know what? You might be right. So is Pegs capable of raising a baby in this world? If anyone's capable, it's Pegs. Because she has that sort of, like, the the natural sweetness that a lot of the other characters have lost. You know, and that caring nature. That people have become hardened in this, like, you know, horrible world, but she hasn't. So I think, you know, if there's anyone who can who can do it, it's Pegs. Although, she might not be able to protect it that well. Yeah. But she'd definitely be a good mom. I think that's what Riley, I think Riley would be good at that. Oh, yeah, that's true. They could be, you know, 
That'd be cute. Couple of moms. Yeah. Adorable. Um, speaking of Riley, there was a question, and unfortunately, I do not have the person's name. They wanted to know what you thought of Riley's sexuality. I think she likes Ooh. girls. I that's my theory. I don't know, but I've always kind of felt that, you know, Riley might might like girls. Mm-hmm. She definitely doesn't like pegs like that. But, no. <laughs> but someone else maybe. It's because she's got no taste. Everybody likes pegs like that. <sighs> it's not you it's greg i promise I what do you mean Brittany? <laughs> what are you trying to say it's so cute you're so like you're like a little bashful boy like it's just adorable that's all greg miller i promise okay 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 Aww. okay um let's move on to some more like general questions so jordan leave it wants to know what is your zombie apocalypse plan besides jumping into a hummer with army guys that's a good plan though okay so what i would do me personally, not pegs, but um, <laughs> I would make sure immediately we had a place. Actually, the Casey and uh, Shane and all the guys did it really well. Place with food and running water. Definitely, I think, more medicine. Mm-hmm. I would have made a, a bigger uh, run for medicine and uh, ammunition, I guess. I guess they did a good job. That's what I would do. That's You would meet Riley on top of a flower shop? Probably not on top of a flower shop, but... Okay, this is kind of random, but do you do any gardening or flowering or anything? Because, I mean, I know Pegs. <laughs> I know Pegs is into that shit. You just seem like the kind of girl that would be out, you know, summer day, cute gardening, your little, like, apron. And- okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I try really hard, but I am a black thumb. <laughs> Everything I try to grow dies. I love to cook, so I always try to grow spices and herbs and basil and this, and like within a month, it's dead. That's how I am. You know what I did? I buy fake plants, and they never die, believe it or not. It's amazing. I, I really should do that. I have a couple. Like, actually, I have a lemon tree and a lime tree, and they're doing okay. They look horrible, <laughs> but they give me a lot of lemons and limes, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> So, uh, Game Over Greggy has a question for you. He <laughs> wants to know, how hot is Pete in person? Oh. <laughs> that, that flatters me. Okay, Game Over Greggy is Greg's name on the forums. By the yes. Way. Okay. What? Okay. Yeah. Prove that. How hot is Pete in person? Well, I don't know. I think he'd be some girl's type. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Greg. With a click of a button. I can tweet at Casey all of my hate for you. <laughs> He's now a Lizzie fanboy. Way to go, Elisa. <laughs> oh. Not, no, come on, no, that, I'm Clearly, just that, that ship's sinking. I don't want to get on Super that Super hot. Yet. He's a hottie boomalotti. Yep. Um, and Wicked Sid wants to know, will you sign his flower pot? Oh, of course I would. Have him send it over, and I'll sign it. That's actually something I'm trying to work with Casey on, is getting flower pots for the uh, events. Let's talk a little bit about where Live and How Successful it is. So did you expect it to blow up like it has no actually not at all and not because i didn't think it was great because there are a lot of great projects out there but you know they just kind of pitter away or they don't get that many viewers or listeners but this um it's a testament to how really good it is and then also how many people are into this kind of stuff which i had no idea Mm -hmm. um and i'm so happy it's so successful because i think um Especially the sound design is so amazing. Mm-hmm. They really like bring the story to life. 
uh, us actors, we like do nothing in comparison. <laughs> I mean, we try hard. <laughs> <laughs> you try your best. So is it weird, you know, because you're doing the acting and then when you go back and listen to the sound effects, it probably really ties everything in for you. Oh, yeah, it does. Especially the first time, the first couple episodes, we were like blown away. Now that we've uh, done it, you know, for quite a while, mm-hmm. I can almost hear the sound effects while we're recording mm-hmm. in my head. But at first, it was amazing. I had no idea it would be that good. And there's some nuance, too. Like, every room has a different tone mm-hmm. and every door and gunshot and everything. It's so cool. What is, what's a typical recording day like for you? Well, we get there. Uh, I drive from L.A., so, you know, we have to wake up really early and get there by, like, 8 a.m. And I'm a grouchy morning person. <laughs> so I have my, like, grande, grande Starbucks <laughs> in my head. And I'm, you know, all, like, grouchy. But then, uh, so... So we get there and then we go into um, the Foley studio where there are a whole uh, bunch of mics in a circle and we have our scripts and then um, we start running it and we keep going and keep going and keep going until we're stopped. And it's just, um, we sort of steamroll it. It's really, we try to do two episodes every time we meet. So oh, okay. it's a lot. And so mm-hmm. you guys are done recording chapter 20 then, correct? Yes. Yes, we are. How does it end? Tell us everything. No, don't tell us everything. Oh, I can't. I can't. But I think you guys will like it. I'm sure we will. That's all I can say. All right. So we have a few um, just general listener questions. The first one comes from Jeremy. He says, hey, guys, loving the podcast. I've got a question for all of you. What is your most touching slash favorite moment? I know the one that has the most power to me is when Datu and Samantha are stuck in the arena and they develop a friendship. And right as they're at the peak of their friendship, Samantha gets taken to the middle and killed. For that reason, that moment has always stuck to me as the most powerful. Yeah, that one, I really do. That moment is really great. Um, I really, really like that one. I also think, I mean, just because, you know, I have a special relationship with Pegs, <laughs> that um, the moment where she shoots um, a John, mm-hmm. or I guess Latch, um, Latch that it, that's the moment that sticks out for me as being, you know, the most, uh, you know, a big turning point and really touching in, mm-hmm. in that respect, just because she's forced to do, in her mind, the most terrible thing ever. And then she has to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say, honestly, during the Datoon Samantha part, I know a lot of people puddled up and got choked up, but the one part I got choked up was when, um, at the end of the war, when they're burning the bodies and they're firing the shots off. I, my eyes, they, they watered a little, and I think I might have dropped a tear or two. But I would say yeah. that. I mean, the part with Daphne and Samantha it was very touching, but I think the part that got the most like emotional reaction out of me was when they were burning the bodies. Yeah, I say Samantha and Datu. And the, I think I think it was one of those things where that eventually showed how powerful a moment it was when he got reunited with Hope. Because even when Absolutely, he got yeah. when he got together with Hope, even then I got kind of choked up, and I was like, you know, these two have never met, but I know how much Samantha meant to him. That it's like, wow, okay. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a really touching moment as well. We got one from Bradley says, "So I oh, this is his theory on Skittles." Okay. Skittles. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is good. So I had a thought about Skittles and how Greg is suspicious of him. I believe Skittles has a secret underground lair. Inside the lair, he has a hot tub full of ladies and rich people food. He's living like a king and doesn't want to share. Shrimp in one hand and bikini babe on the other arm. That's uh, his theory on Skittles. Oh. We all know We all know that shrimp wouldn't keep in that environment. And if it's rich people food, he wouldn't be out catching his own shrimp. Oh. 
So yeah. there you go. That, there, there's the whole Very debunked. Right Sorry, Bradley. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Next one comes from Jacob. He says, I have a small little theory, which I'm not sure if someone else has mentioned. I believe that some of these zombies have not been infected by direct bites. I believe they have been built. I think there is a seri- there is serious evidence for this. Datu was taken alive to the arena. Now where they were going to feed him to the colored zombie, or did they need him fresh for another reason? The zombies have a corpse pile, and they collect their own dead, perhaps in some sort of serious recycling program. Also, and this is my serious evidence for this theory, in Chapter 17, Angel says when him and Kalani are examining the behemoth on the ground, the body didn't look right. It had stretch marks and stuff. Maybe the colored zombie is making his own Frankenstein monster-like creatures. Oh. Now, in We're Alive, has there been a moment when we see... Oh, Tommy, okay. See? <laughs> when you see somebody get turned. No, it's an interesting point. Remember a few episodes ago here on We're Not Dead, we were talking about how one person wrote in and said, you know, when they first caught sight of them on the freeway, some of them had scars all over them. That was I me, Greg Miller. <clears throat> no, it sounds like something Steph Laugh probably said. I think it was probably him. Uh, anyways. Wow. Uh, you know, that's interesting. That makes it sound like the people were experimented on or this was some kind of, like, engineered outbreak. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Steph Laugh. Are you sure? I, I, well, I went back I've, and I've met Steven. He sounds, it so- sounds like something he'd say. listeners, you know I'm right. Send an email to we're not dead podcast at gmail.com telling Greg Miller that he is wrong. What do you think, Elisa? Like, how do you think this whole thing started? I don't know, but I think you guys, um, I think, you know, I, I'm sort of on the same um, path as you mentally about this. I think maybe it's like, you know, medical engineering gone wrong, mm-hmm. or it could be some sort of virus, but I don't think Casey and Shane would do a virus. So I don't know. Oh, really? Maybe some, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, because it's been done in other zombie movies right. and they're pretty original. So I think it might be something none of us have even considered. Aliens. Aliens. Huh. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. So you're saying my pregnancy theory is going to end in Peg's having a zombie baby. Ooh. Ooh. That would be really interesting. Maybe. Necromancy. Yeah. Maybe. No, I think um, Lizzie would have the zombie baby. Like I said, if she knocked boots with Saul, because I think Saul has an immunity to the oh, virus. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And you guys remember, I don't know if you've talked about this, but the animals who looked like they were bit didn't turn into zombies, some of them. So maybe they have immunity as well. Like that whole thing with the cats and Mr. Whiskers. Oh, yeah. And then Marcus's little yeah. guard dogs. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, so are you a fan of zombies? Like, are you a fan of the genre or is it just some like survival horror? Yeah, I do. I actually really do like zombie movies. My favorite zombie movie uh, is Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah. Because I love comedy and zombies. So so that would be my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask you, what do you think mm-hmm. about holding up in a Costco during a zombie apocalypse? I just have to ask because Greg Miller hates this theory. Huh. Why do you hate it? I'm curious. Because it's Costco. You don't want to go where everyone's going to go. In the first, like, ten minutes of a zombie outbreak, every supermarket's going to have their doors beat down, and people are going to run in and grab whatever they can. Brittany thinks that, for some reason, no one else have thought to go to a Costco, so she'll be all alone in this giant warehouse where no one will be coming in. Okay, Gary Miller. Have you seen the Costco parking lot lately? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay, yeah, I, I get that part. But, okay, at least my plan is better than Greg Miller's, who's going to hole up in his apartment and jump out with his wiener dog. Oh, but see, I would take my dog, too. I wouldn't be able to abandon my dog. Okay, that's right. Wrong person to ask to side with me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It would be a good secondary place to go to. You know, you kind of wait till everything's blown over. Because the first place you wouldn't have thought to go to would be an ab- a tower, a, a apartment building. Right? Right. That's true. I think, yeah, a Costco, f- because there's no way a Costco could ever be cleared out. They're huge. 
you know, before everybody turns. So maybe like as a second, you know, within the second week, that would be. There we go. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, Greg, I mean, if you have any more questions for Miss Elliot, Mrs. Elliot, I should say. (laughs) I think we've covered it. Acting school, termites, pegs. Pegs, zombie babies. Yeah, so, yeah, make sure you catch her next month at the Nerdist event at Meltdown Comics in L.A. on April 16th. It's going to be a blast. You can sign your flower pot if you would. I would be happy to sign your flower pot or whatever else you bring within reason. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, really? Yeah, within reason. I I tagged that on. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been so nice talking to you. And, Greg, sorry I gave you a hard time. It's okay. (laughs) You know what? I'll take you up on the acting lessons, and then Pete will come back harder than ever. I'm your number one fan. I'm okay, num- Pete's number one fan, so just so you know. I'm there. Okay. It's Thank okay. you. Thank you. You just wait till I make my cameo, which has not been announced or offered to me. Hey, everybody wants some wings? Oh, what's that? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Let's just take that clip out of this podcast and put that in. <laughs> that was perfect. It'll be Pete's No changes. Guess. No changes. <laughs> With the final episode... Of We're Alive airs. I want that to run after the credits. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we, well, what I'm really hoping for as a final last note is that we do a musical <gasps> We're Alive. That would be Wouldn't amazing. That be awesome? Do you sing? I do sing. Okay. That would be brilliant. That would be really cool. I just think it would be so funny as, you know, as like a blooper or like a secret episode. I'm campaigning for it. Yeah, let's make this happen. And then you guys can do a live showing of the We're Alive musical. Be so awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm excited Thank to you, Lisa. meet you next month. I know. I'm so looking forward to meeting you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. bye. It's Friday.